question. This is again on tithing. Um, so if you had a question, I'm going to ask that you would hold your hand up and then we'll take the question uh, from, the, you know, basically uh, as your relationship with this church goes, I want you to be able to be clear on things and um, be specific as we are doing. All right. So I have, I saw a hand back here and then you don't have a question. Oh, no, you can ask questions even if you're not a member. Now, I ain't saying you got to be a, I want you to just, no, I want, I, I want every member to be edified in his or her knowledge, but you don't have to be a member to ask questions. Check, check. All right, what is your question? Is it on tithing? Yeah. Okay. Um, in, okay, so you were saying in, in the chapel, or gym, or wherever it is, um, so tithing is 10%, correct? Yes, ma'am. Okay. Tell me your name so I can. Okay, Kathy. Kathy. Okay, Miss okay. Kathy. Um, so tithing is 10%. Is that of your gross income, correct? Okay. So we talked about it. We, this is the second week of the session. So we talked about that in some part on last week as well. It is. It can be either or. If you tithe from your gross, then if you receive a income tax return, then you've already paid off of that. If it it's would from be like from my husband's Social Security check. Whatever you, and then you give of that portion, the tenth of that portion. Okay, so um, he's not saved. Right. So it would be, how is that like if I want to tithe and he's kind of sort of, hmm, he sees the benefit kind of? I think I might need to get more specific with you in a one-on-one -on -one capacity so you can explain it to me because I'm not understanding your question. So let me get with you one-on-one. -on -one. Can I do that afterwards? Let me do that afterwards, okay? Got you. All right. That way we'll get a clear well, understanding because you have to I'm, give me more context. Okay. So I got I'm, this I'm question. Not gonna, well, I'm not going to be here, so I'll, I'll be blunt. I'll give with, okay. You'll be blunt. I'll, I'll be blunt. He sees the benefit of tithing. He sees we have more money. He sees things get paid quickly. Okay. So even if he's not a believer, is that still okay? Oh, yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah, no, no problem. You had a question? Yes, it is the answer. And when you get it, give it to other people. <laughs> Pastor, last week you had, a, you had a question on the floor uh, that had to do with uh, gross and net, similar to what the young lady is saying behind me. Uh, and then you said it was a choice. Right. Uh, so we, when I went back to work, Monday morning, we had a discussion with all the members of the church here, uh, and the, the question was, uh, if, you, if you're doing gro gross, let's just say, and then you wind up having to pay at the end of the year, do you pay an additional to that, or is it just on the, if you were paying net, and then you have to st still pay at the end of the year, how would that work? Y'all are asking me CPA questions. <laughs> well, Mike, what's that with you? I'm a D-man, not a CPA, all right? I study the theology of God. I don't understand the tax and accounting laws. So I, I, I'm going to go back to today's message. The priority is to honor God with my first fruits. And so if I'm giving it to God as my first fruits, even if God increases me and I pay more, my, I'm, uh, he loves a cheerful and generous giver, I'm going to stay in the safety net. I'm just going to be honest with you. I'm going to give more than is required of me. I'm going to tithe more than is required of me. Because when I start trying to cut it down to the, 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 to the T and precise, what if I miss? 
right? I don't want to be on that side. So I would be more on the generous side of seeking to say, I want to bless the Lord with this substance. Amen. We just wanted to make sure that we weren't cheating the Lord as well. No, no. Matter of fact, if, if you make like 200, just tithe like you make 300,000. <laughs> right? Just, just put an extra, you know, you, you, you won't miss it. And I promise you the Lord will get, add to it, right? All right? Yeah. No, I, all right, next question. Next question. Next question. All right. All right, I had a question that was regarding the fifth part. If a man does not pay his or a woman, pay his or her tithe, adding the fifth part. Leviticus 27, that's where you want to go. Let's go there. I think it's Leviticus 27. And I, sometimes I think it's the letter of the law that we sometimes miss and uh, I want us to get, okay? Leviticus 27. All right. There's some very specific things in redeeming what the Lord said, all right? But what I want us to get out of this piece, and does the per is the person who texts me the question, are you here? Are they here? No, they're not here. Um, and I, I wanted to get a specific piece for them uh, so that I could really help them. Verse 31 says, whoever would redeem any of their tithe must add a fifth of the value to it. You got that? All right, so what is that saying to you? That the Lord want to raise your tithes, right? No. That the Lord is making you pay more, right? No. First thing, it is saying it's okay. Sometimes people fall on hard times, amen. Here's what God understands about tithing and this system and principle that he's put in place. There are going to be some unexpected stuff that happens in every life in here. And he's saying, if you need to redeem or keep your tithe or part of your tithe, you ain't going to hell for that. Let's get that weight up off us, okay, that fear. We've been talking, you know, if you don't tithe, you're going to... Look, if the water pipe busts at the house, right, this week, right, and it flood the house and stuff everywhere and pipes are bursted in the water and you got to go to the Peabody and live and you wasn't expecting it, right? I'm, don't go to the Holiday Inn if you got to go to the hotel. Go to a nice one with room service, right? Have cocktails in the evening. I would find one that has free breakfast and a, and a happy hour already built into the way. Save on something. All right? So God understands that you may have to say, Lord, I had set this aside for you. Or I've, I, I'm, can I give you another reason? 
I mismanaged my money. Right? I set aside a tithe unto the Lord. He does not say you can't do it. Verse 31, please look at it again. Whoever would redeem any of their tithes must add a fifth value to it. A fifth of it. Not 5%. What's a fifth of 10%? Two. Right? So if you were going to give $10, if your tithe was $10, now it's 12. Right? That's all it is. The fifth part. God is not trying to put a heavy burden on us. But the Lord is saying, now, I'm going to give you a, a bad word. He is trying to teach us how to budget. I'm going to say, ouch. He's trying to teach us not to live outside of our means, right? He's trying to teach us to live within the means to set aside money for times like this, possibly, to live responsibly, right? I, I talked with a, a friend of mine, and they were upset that uh, their insurance got drafted out of their bank account a day early for 2020. It can't, you, so if you got the Affordable Care Act insurance and you, it drafts from your bank account, they drafted January in December, right? And this person was upset because they had planned to do something with that money. So they called and canceled the insurance. <laughs> Why cancel your insurance to have fun? What if you're having fun and you hurt yourself and you need insurance? Live responsibly, right? Don't fall out because you got your draft early. Think about living to where I'm not using all of my means, right? So that fifth part is about the Lord. And, and look, please get this. The Lord understands the needs of humanity. He knows his creation. God made everybody in here, right? He knows all of us, right? He knows some of us do a little bit extra with our money, don't he? Come on, don't he know? Don't he know what you do with every dime you got? All right, so he ain't tripping about that. But he is saying if you choose to redeem part of it, if you choose to, to, to take this. Now, he's not, now there's a difference between redeeming. Redeeming is a word that he says is allowable, right? Lying is a sin. Ananias and Sapphira. They held back what they were supposed to give to the Lord. And what happened? They died, right? So don't hold back what belongs to the Lord. But if you have, redeeming means you have set it apart to be given to God. But for some purpose, something happened, right? And you had to use part of it. Now, this is going to make me weigh something out, right? So I set my tithe up, and I'm going to give it to the Lord. But I know I can redeem it and pay the, the, two per, the, the, the extra $2 on the 10 or the fifth part, right? I can pay the fifth part. It's going to make me consider this other thing that I'm doing, whether it is a necessity or not. It's going to make me think about it, right? So, well, I'm going to keep my tithe this week, but I'm going to run down, and I'm going to use my tithe this week, but I'm going to run down and have me a little fun and go on a little trip, right? So I go on the trip. The trip ain't all it was planned to be. I spent too much money on the trip. Now I get back and I still get a fifth part of what I'm supposed to give, 
but now I regret that I went on the trip. Right? Or I go ahead and I pay the tithe, and I say, I still want to go on the trip. I'm going to pay the tithe, but I can't do everything I want to do on the trip, right? But you get down there, and I, I had one of these ones before. I ain't going to tell y'all no lie about my early vacation life. Wherever they had one of them timeshare things, and you go sit down and listen for two hours, me and Alicia went. Amen. That's, what, that's how we went on vacation. Amen. So we going here. Why? The kids going to have fun at the beach. They going to do all this stuff. And me and you got to sit there and listen to them folk. And then one time, Alicia almost said, yeah, don't be, we done already made up our mind. We ain't buying this stuff. We going to give you a toaster. Keep your toaster. I'm just here for the two hours. Amen. After two hours, you pay for everything. Who didn't enjoy that? Amen. All right. I went to Branson, Missouri. I ain't never liked Branson, Missouri. For those of you who like Branson, I'm sorry. I learned how to do the boot school and boogie, though. I was. I learned how to do it. ain't nothing but the, the electric slide when you slap your heels a couple times, all right? So God understands the needs of humanity. Take that pressure off yourself, right? But consider what you do with what has been dedicated and set aside to the Lord. So uh, a question came up last week about how many tithes are there. And I know where the confusion of that comes from, all right? Uh, let's see. If I, if, I, if I had on a pair of Jordans, right? They are Jordans. How many different pairs of Jordans are we up to now? What? We're up to 45? They are all different, aren't they? Distinct in some way. But when you put them all together, what are they labeled as? Jordans. So the tithe of the corn, the tithe of the wheat, the tithe of the grain, they're all tithes. It's only one tithe, but there are variations and manifestations of. So I can have 25 pair of tennis shoes that are all Jordans, and I don't have 25 different pair of tennis shoes. I have 25 pairs of Jordans, right? So they all fit under the one category of Jordans, all right? There's some seats up here on the front row. Okay, other questions, other questions, other questions before I go further. Yes. All right. Yeah. Yes. All right, so there, there's a question here, then I'm going to come right here. Okay, Mr. Harris, let me get her first. Okay, good morning. I asked a question last week regarding... Um, tithing, should it be based on your gross or your net? So I had a conversation with Daryl at work last week, and we were talking, and I want to use this round number. Say if my income is $120,000 a year, and I, so I get $10,000 a month, but once insurance, life insurance comes out, health insurance comes out, taxes comes out, I come home with like $5,000 a month. So I'm tithing off my net, and I pay $500 a month in tithes. Right. Should I feel comfortable with that? Um, yes. I should? Yes. <laughs> and you should encourage all of the people around you to do that. <laughs> but, 
but there's still $5,000 out there that I'm not accounting for. And so also when I put at the end of the year when I pay taxes okay. or when I file my taxes, I don't get anything back. So either I break even or I have to pay. So here's where I would encourage you. Okay. Pray. And what, when you say I don't feel comfortable, okay. right, ask the Lord, what do you desire of me? Okay. What is your desire? And then do that. Okay. All right? Here, here's what I do. I'm just going to be honest. I, don't, I can't, taxes, me and taxes don't get along. Amen. I don't like to pay them, all right, but I do. Because the Bible says, render unto Caesar that which is Caesar's, right? So here's what I do. I know how much I earn per, you know, the bottom line at the front of the year. This is what you're supposed to make, right? This is what I'm supposed to earn. This is my salary. I set in my mind off that top number, I'm going to tie this much. And then... I say, this is the minimum that I'm going to tie. Then I go and say, all right, if I earn some more money throughout the course of the year doing other things unexpectedly that I can't project, I tithe off of that as it comes into me. So I don't get into this area where I can't keep up. I, I want to be in the category where I can't keep up with the tithe. That's what I'm trying to get to. I'm trying to get to the place where I'm like, it's so much coming, I just got to give this big old blanket amount, right? And just, you know, and, and really get to that place. And I, I had to pray about that. And that was what the Lord instructed me to do. Okay? Me. All right. Mr. Harris had a question. You alluded to the uh, Jordan shoes? Yes, sir. I wanted to allude to the fact of modern-day society. Do tax have to be monetarily devalued? Okay. So all of my increases starts with that. That was the system in which was put in place. But do we also tithe and service would be the formation yeah, of that, right? Yes, we can. But it is not to substitute for the gift that the Lord gives you, okay. right? Yeah. It is to do God's things God's way, which you'll hear in service or you heard already <clears throat> in the first sermon, right? right? Did you have a question, ma'am, or were you showing somebody to come to you? Yeah, okay. All right. There you go. There you Good. Go. All right. Got one over there. Last uh, Sunday... Someone asked you about the loans that they get from school. And I think I understood you to say that on the loans, we are to tithe as well. If it's an increase to you, income. Okay, but you have to pay that back. <laughs> yeah, you do. Okay. That's why the Bible tells you to stay away from loans, too. <laughs> Yeah. You don't have to get a loan to go to school. You do now. All right. A lot of this is going to be based on financial principles that first begin with doing what the Lord says with your resources from the beginning. And we won't find ourselves in some of the positions we find ourselves in. In a fallen sense, we find ourselves trying to recover the financial freedom that God intended for us to have and never be in bondage from the beginning. All right. So if we can train up a child in the way that they should go early and teach our children. One of the things I tried to teach my children was not to get in a lot of debt and not to find yourself debt laden because it is in direct conflict with the will of God. All right. And then people put you on the bondage of usury, which is uh, interest and stuff like that. Uh, I had a credit card. The other day. They said, congratulations, you qualify for the new whatever, whatever card. And for the first year, it's no interest. And year one is only 27%. I two it up and threw it in the trash can. Two it up. Two it up. I two it up, yeah. <laughs> okay. I, I almost chewed it up. 
Yeah, that's when you bite on it. I, 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 I. Don't even want nobody else to read this. Amen. 27% of what you, so you're paying back $27 for every $100? No. That's a lot. Okay, next question. Yes, sir. Speaking to the mic. About the guy that got the lottery ticket to start the business. Yeah. Now let's say per se, if I got a lottery ticket. You tied off the lottery. Yes. Amen. And so my question would be: million dollar ticket. So there's a hundred thousand dollars. And this is my home church, but I've been members of other churches who have been big influences on me. So should that one lump sum come here, or could I be blessing through my tithes through those other churches? that I used to be members of. Are you asking me that question for real? <laughs> I've always wanted to know that one. I need what the question answered. What y'all think I'm going to say to him? Come on, anybody here want to answer that for me? It's like the home team. All right, so I'm going to ask a question with a question, right? Why are you at this church? Because God led me here. All right. In the place that I've chosen to place my name, in the place where I shall direct you, that's where you pay your time. If the influence of those places are as they are, and I don't take away from foundational influence, Pastor Roger Pruitt always received a love gift from me as long as he was my pastor, as long as he was alive. And when I went to the Tabernacle Baptist Church, I always gave an offering, right? I gave an offering to those places. But I paid my tithe at First Baptist Church, right? Right, and the cheerful giver. Now, you so happy you won a million dollars, you pay your tithe. Now take them 10000 from your giving. <laughs> pay your hundred here, bro. <laughs> I mean, what did you think I was really going to say? I just wanted to know. Okay. Is this a trick question? <laughs> All right, next question. I love this. I love this. I love this. All right, so we talked about the purpose. Was that all the questions? So we talked about the purpose of the tithe on last week. Can anybody tell me some of those purposes real quick? I gave about four. Yeah, I, I gave about four, but you tell me. Anybody can tell me in your own words, or I know Ms. Notetaker got all of them. Yeah. You know, I took notes. Upkeep of the church. All right. To take care of the work. Does anybody have, and, and I want to, I, I have a, a, I don't want you to explain it, but I do want you to, to indicate a little bit where you have a little bit of difference of thought with the modern day what you see of how pastors and church workers are provided for. Did, did anybody ever think differently that they should just do it for free? Okay, I, I'm, I'm glad to hear honest people because sometimes when you teach that, it becomes offensive to people because it's like, okay, well, they just in there. What do they do? Oh, well, what do they do all day? They're not going to go to church, right? But I want you to know that in a place where we support the spiritual needs of people, there's a lot of work expertise that has to be. Gary, where were you yesterday? At a, not, not everywhere, just a conference part. You look a little like I caught you. You look like I look guilty. I, I don't tell me about this. In the day part, well, Gary was getting better training yesterday. 
He was doing healthy funeral. training so that way I could learn more about how to stay healthier so I could share it later. Right. He was doing, a, and then we're doing a, a, a piece. He put some information on my desk also about grief training for men, courses. Um, they, they're always involved in various ways of increasing their expertise in order to better serve the multiplicity of needs that are in a congregation of this size. Man, I have people ask me questions about wills. I have people ask me questions about the end of life preparation. Um, P.O. had to educate us, and Gary had to educate us. We do a lot of funerals, don't we? Amen. So we had a whole seminar where we learned and brought information to people about how much you should be paying or average recommendations for end-of-life preparations. We found out if somebody tried to sell you a funeral for $18,000, it ain't nobody but them shouting at your funeral. <laughs> average funeral cost can be somewhere no, starting at about $3,000. And you can have a decent home-going celebration, end-of-life celebration for about $3,000. When I see people who say, they, Pastor, I need help with our, our mama's funeral. It costs $12,000. I'm going to say, we need help getting it down to three. <laughs> right. Because mama got buried better than she lived. <laughs> right? Now, if you got a large life insurance policy, too. But we do a lot of that preparation, training, and things of that effect. Thank you. Uh, so, um, yeah, we, we do a lot of that. What are the other principles or points? You, you were going to your notes? You done put it up already. <laughs> teaches us to honor God, all right? Teaches us to honor God, to provide for the poor. I heard someone say that, right? And that's a part of it. Anything else? All right, and to trust, to build our trust relationship. Okay, so what you're going to hear a little bit more of today in the second message is the place of the tithe. But not so much the place, but the priority of doing things God's way, all right? We can get involved in this where, how many of us have heard stories, and tell me a little bit about this, uh, give me your feedback on it. How many of you have heard that you can tithe anywhere? How many people have uh, acquaintances or friends who tithe in other places than the church? All right, all right. So, not calling your friend out, what are some of the thinking behind that or some of the places that they do? Don't say, my friend Joe, don't say that, because we might know Joe, all right? But what are, what are some of the rationale behind it? <clears throat> God knows my heart. That's a good one. God knows my heart. I don't have a church home. How many did I hear? So I don't have a church home. Okay, what else did we hear? I know needy people, right? Okay. I don't like what they're doing with it. Come on, be honest about it then. Amen. I saw another hand. I like to help small churches. Okay. So in all of those things, what did you hear was the first word? I. I have chosen to do with what I call my resources what I want to do. When God has specifically said what is required of us. We cannot do godly things our own way. The priority of honoring God with the first fruit, with the tithe, is to do it the way he tells us to do it. Does God tell us to do some stuff that gets on our nerves sometimes? 
right? Give me one or two of them, y'all. Tell me what they are. Tell me the things. Yes. Close your mouth. Oh, shut up. Be quiet. Lord, tell you that. It's better to be quiet, right? All right? Be kind-hearted to those who despitefully use you. That's hard, isn't it? Obey your husband. Obey your husband. Come on. Amen. Obey your husband. Yeah, women, y'all should have said amen. That's not, yeah, amen. Amen. They all over there, right? Even if your husband in the room, say amen. Amen. All right? What else? I'm going to speak up for the men. Here, love your wife. Sometimes she ain't acting lovable. Right? Love your enemy. All right? Wait. Turn the other cheek. You're my best member. God bless you. Me and you need to talk. I want you on security ministry. All right? So I need the fighters on security ministry. Amen. I don't need the folk who are going to say, pow. All right? So the Lord's best, did I hear all of them? Speak to those who have wronged you. So many things the Lord has specifically said for us to do as his created beings. And he gives us instruction on how to do it. He has done the same thing with the tithe. And with the tithe, he tells us to take it to the place that I have placed my name. He tells us to sow it in the place where I will show you. He speaks very clearly of that. When he's setting up the law, when he's bringing his people into the land, I'm going to pull out all of those scriptures today, Deuteronomy 12 and others. He's going to show you that. But the big principle in that is not so much the place, it's prioritizing God. It is the priority that I live a life where I'm simply saying, I know that when I think of things in my own manner, in my own way, I come up with the wrong answers. I come up with the wrong answers, right? Who in here is your own best consultant and counselor? You say something and then answer yourself. You advise yourself on everything, amen? And sometimes you pay yourself for your own advice. Girl, you did good. I'm going to take myself out for drinks, amen. Right? And when you think about it, you grow up and mature, and sometime later, you know what you end up saying? I shouldn't have done that. And who advised you to do that? Right. Me, myself, and I, as you say. Amen. So the priority that we are trying to shape when it comes to anything, not just tithing, please get this, anything, the priority in this is to put God first. It is to say, Lord, you have given instruction in this matter, and I am seeking to follow it. Now, here are the things that get in the way. I don't like what they do with it. That ain't my business. I saw somebody else who could use it. That's an offering if I choose to give it. I have a foundation that I want to give it to called the Keith Norman Foundation, and I happen to be Keith Norman. That's illegal. I'm going to tell you what a lot of big churches do, right? I'm going to tell you what a lot, of, and I'm just going to give away some, some bads. This is why the government broke that crack down on some, some churches, right? Some of the pastors didn't receive a salary. They said, just give it to my foundation. 
or give it to my love offering, right? And I don't pay a tithe on that. But I also don't disclose what I do with it and how I use it, right? So the government cracked down on those guys when they were buying $60 million jets and uh, they were going across the world talking about, I'm doing this in the name of Jesus. I'm riding in first class because uh, Kenneth Copeland said it's them devil spirits in the back of the plane. I got to have my own plane because he didn't want to be on the plane with all them evil spirits. Google it, you'll see it, right? I don't subscribe to that. That's illegal. That's breaking the law. I'll tell you the truth about it, right? We should live responsibly, and we should not live of, you know, just, just saying, just give, and you don't know what to do. But we got to do it God's way. And the priority of giving is to honor God and to do things in a godly way and to trust the Lord. All right. So Deuteronomy 12 is going to show us that today. And then also 1 Kings is going to show us that today. But Proverbs 3 is going to also show us that. And so we want to look at those passages of Scripture, Proverbs chapter 3. We want to look at uh, Deuteronomy 12, and we also want to look at 1 Kings. Are there any other questions about the place of the tithe before I go any further? The place of the tithe. The place, the place. Would any of us agree that um, we should probably pay our tithes in the place where we get our spiritual development? Would you, would you agree with that? I think, and I think that's a generally accepted principle, that we should be accountable and responsible to the place where we receive our spiritual growth and development. I've heard people say, well, I go to this church, but I send my tithe to Bishop so-and-so in Philadelphia or Bishop so-and-so in Florida uh, because I listen to them on the radio, right? All right. Well, you listen to them on the radio, record one of their sermons for your funeral. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> uh, but but, but there, there is a, there, and I'll share something with you. <laughs> that was too funny to you, Judy. Um, there, there is a certain accountability of what we want from our ministries and our churches. We want them to provide certain things for us. So we have to be responsible and accountable to help it be sustained so that it can provide, right? I'll give you one of the things that happens at First Baptist Church that most people are not aware of. No one has ever paid for a repass at the death of one of their loved ones at this church ever at any time. No one has ever ridden. Some people might give a donation, say we'd like to give to the church. Nobody pays for a repass at this church. Some churches you go to, they start at a, a dollar amount per person. They will tell you, they'll say, you want to have a repass for your loved one? This is how much it costs to use the chapel. This is how much you pay the minister. This is how much you pay the organist. How many songs do you want? Do you want some soloists? A and B. That's why some folks just have one song and it'd be short. They say, to cost, you know, get a soloist, cost two fifty. dollars They say, give me $25 worth. Right. Short song. Jesus, keep. <laughs> That's all you get. You don't even get near the cross, all right? Uh, and, and, and so there are those fees and expenses associated with it. But because we believe that the people of First Baptist Church will be responsible tithers and we are accountable in our stewardship, we keep from heaping another burden on top of you at that particular time. You had a question. My name is Shawana. 
And my question is, I was going to pay $100 in tax, and somebody told me they needed help on their light bill and wanted me to help them. And they said, this is what they explained to me, that's just like helping paying your tax. So I'm listening to you, so you're saying that's not true? You talk to what Sade would call a smooth operator. <laughs> that what Sade would call a smooth operator. Yeah. I used to tell some women that too. Amen. Maybe you ain't got the tie. Just help me with this car note. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. But yeah, yeah. People, people come up with all sorts of things like that, right? And uh, they, they do say that. So in a responsibly set organization where we tithe, and we also, our church, tithes to the community. We take 10% of everything this, community, this church brings, and we target it back to benevolence and helping others. So as God blesses us, now I started that principle when we had a budget of less than $200,000, right? So it was a little amount of money. No one ever saw that we would grow to be a multi-million dollar church. So now it's hundreds of thousands of dollars. We sometimes scuffle at the end of the year to meet the number. We're running around looking for things to do and, and making sure we're sowing to people if we have not met it. Sometimes we'll be like twenty dollars or $30,000 off. But it's, it's sometimes hard to find. You know, we'll go, All benevolence goes towards it. When we do Christmas gifts, when we do uh, Thanksgiving and all, all that money adds up to a budget that we give back to the needs of people. And that's, when you, and, and that's what God said in Malachi chapter 3. Uh, let's go there. He says, where have the people robbed me? What they had done in tithes and offerings is what he had said, right? But what they had done was set up systems of their own to do what he told them in the law to do much earlier. He says, bring the tithe and the offering where? All right, the storehouse. That's the place where, he's, that's the place where he has called his name to dwell, the church. The, uh, and so he says it so that there will be provisions where? In my house. And so what God is seeking to do is turn society towards the needs of the church. Let me speak to the, the, the misuse of funds in church. It has happened. People have misused the funds in church, right? I read something the other day where a pastor bought himself a Bentley out of the, the, the gifts of the church. That was wrong, right? I, I can't help but to tell you it's wrong when that kind of thing happens. And so because people in the church have done wrong, society has said, I'm not going to do that because I don't want my money going to that, Right? So there is some equity, uh, there's some equal culpability, if I can say that. The church has not done right. All churches, however, don't do that. All right, our church is accountable. We stand before you every year, and we show you line by line. If you, how many of y'all come to the church meeting? The rest of y'all don't even say nothing if you don't come to the No, I'm just kidding. But we show you. How many of you have seen it in the church meeting? We sit there and go through it. This is what we give this. This is what we do here. This is what we do here. This is what we do there. And we account for it. We do it. Um, we had a shocking amount of uh, gift given to kids who go to college. And when another church found out about it, they were like, y'all give that much money away to kids who go to college every year? I said, yeah, we're trying to keep them in school. We're trying to keep them in school. 
we're trying to let them know, you know, if, if we write a check for this semester for $50,000 to keep kids in school, that's a good thing. Amen. I'm not, I ain't talking about per, per every 10 years. I'm talking about per semester. And when you write that kind of money out to kids who are going to college, that's a good thing, right? Uh, when we start developing things for community service and use, and that's a good thing. And so we're simply trying to assist with the, the high priorities of Scripture uh, and priorities of our community to make sure that we support those things. We'll give a donation to the National Civil Rights Museum. We want to keep the doors of the Civil Rights Museum open. When people tell us of good ministries that are in the community, we find those ministries and we support them. Uh, we will give to those things out of the resources that God has blessed us to have in the church to sustain those ministries and keep those things open. But you give the gift to the storehouse. Okay, so Malachi chapter 3, uh, here's what the Lord is saying. All right. Um, I, the Lord, I'm going to start at verse 6. They have broken covenant by withholding the tithe. I want you to see this. The covenant that they made with God, they broke that covenant by withholding the tithe. And by withholding the tithe, they were saying, we're going to do what we want to do, right? We're going to do what we want to do. Verse 6, I, the Lord, do not change, so you, the descendants of Jacob, are not destroyed. Ever since the time of your ancestors, you have turned away from my decrees and have not kept them. Return to me, and I will return to you, says the Lord Almighty. But you ask, how are we to return? Will a mere mortal rob God? Yet you rob me. But you ask, how are we robbing you? In tithes and offerings. That's what he says. He says, the whole nation has turned away and, and said, this is what we're going to do. When a group of people set within their own heart a way that they're going to do something or they're going to dishonor God, God says, okay, I'm going to let you have your way, but you're not going to be able to live up under that. You're not going to be able to handle that. It would be better for you to return to me. And not just return to me in ritual, right? He said, don't just be about rituals. Be about relationship. So when we start dealing with Proverbs 3 this morning uh, in a few minutes, uh, you'll see more relationship than ritual. God is not concerned about us writing him a check. He doesn't need the money. He says that I, you, I, you can't do anything for him. And so he says, what I want you to do is be in this covenant with me, and a part of the covenant was that when the people came into the land, Deuteronomy chapter 12, when they came into the land, they were not to live as the others. They were not to live like the other folk. He said, tear down all of those uh, worship idols, tear down all of those pagan gods. He said, and I'm going to establish a place, and in the place where I establish, that's where I want you to come and worship me. And when you come, a part of the covenant worship between me and you is that you bring a gift of the tithe. You bring that when you come into that place of worship. Now, here's a big question that a lot of people have asked. Uh, do you tithe weekly? Do you tithe monthly? Do you tithe annually? You can tithe however your financial accounting system is, right? If you can put all, if you know that you're going to make $200,000 this year, and you know that you're going to retain $20,000 uh, in the end of the year, then you can give $20,000 at the end of the year. If you know you're going to make $200,000 this year and you want to write the check for twenty dollars now, go ahead and write it. Some folks say, I ain't writing no check. I might not live past June. <laughs> you ain't going to need the rest of it either, by the way. All right? 
So don't get into those little litigious things. Pray in your heart. That's a heart-led decision, right? Uh, there are times that I try to keep mine annually, and then sometimes I get to the end of the year and see how much I've given, and I write the difference and make up the difference. Uh, God is not keeping a record with you like that. We do weekly systems of tithe because Paul says that the first day of every week, when you go to that particular place in the New Testament, he says in the first, play, in the first day of the week when you go, that's when you bring your tithe. It was a system that changed from uh, Passover gatherings and quarterly gatherings or, annual, uh, or uh, biannual gatherings to weekly gatherings. The church began to gather weekly in the New Testament, and so that's why they gave weekly when they came. It's also an easier system of accounting. If you get paid weekly, give weekly. If you get paid bi-weekly, give bi-weekly. If you get paid monthly, pay, you know, uh, give monthly. So it's an easier system uh, to follow thereafter in that, in that particular manner. But the important part of it is, is the place where you do it as well, okay? Uh, any questions on the Malachi piece that we just read? Malachi 3, you see where the people turned away. God calls them back into relationship, and he's saying, do this. Now, uh, keep reading. But you're under a curse, your whole nation, because you're robbing me. Bring the whole tithe into the storehouse. What do you think he means by that? Whole tithe. It, uh, the whole. Whole is whole, isn't it? Can you, can, do we sometimes partially tithe? Yes. Honestly, yeah. Yeah, we do. And if you're, if you're being honest about it and you say sometimes I partially do, it's kind of like I ain't kind of, you know, I'm going to give this or I'm going to do He said, no, no, no. Surrender to me. This is more of a principle of surrender and trust than it is about uh, an exaction of, of financing. I'm not exacting money from you. He's saying, look, surrender and trust me, right? If, if, if tithing were based on God providing back to you based on how you tithe, what would that look like? St. Alicia says she would be in good shape. Amen. <laughs> but if it was based on the way you do it, I mean, think about it. If it's, if, if, if it's based on, okay, I partially tithe, all right? So you partially healed. So I partially worship. All right. So he partially pays your bills. I sometimes tithe. He sometimes gives me grace. I'm inconsistent. He's inconsistent with mercy. God is God all the time. His mercy endures. I've loved you with an everlasting love, right? God, whenever we start talking about this on Tuesday night about the mercy and the love of God, all of God's contracts are signed in the beginning and they do not expire. When he makes a covenant commitment towards us, everything he said he's going to do, he's going to hold it up. He's going to do it. From the, whether we behave right or not, amen? Somebody should have said hallelujah to that. Because if I want it back from God the way God gives, you know, the way I give to God, if he gave back to me on the way that I treat him, oh, man, I'd be in bad shape. Some days I'd be thank just waking up in the morning, amen? Oh, Lord, you woke me up today because yesterday I didn't even call your name. So, no, he's not that way. But he's saying what has happened to you is that you put yourself in a position Whereas the things that you, you should be covenantly doing, 
is causing the things in your earth to happen the way that it's happening. Your whole nation is not performing. Watch this. Test me, says the Lord Almighty. See if I will not throw open the floodgates of heaven and pour out so much blessing that there will not be room enough to store it. Watch verse 11. I will prevent pests from devouring your crops. Look, I want you to get this illustration in your head. If I'm working hard and getting nowhere, that's frustrating. I'm planting and sowing every day. I'm tending the fields every day. But the pests are coming behind me to eat up everything I plant and try to produce. That's going to drive me wild. I'm not going to have enough to live out of, and then I'm going to be frustrated because something I know that I know how to do is not yielding what I think it ought to yield. That will drive the average person crazy. But the Lord said, if you just do right, I can put that pest in its place. And some of our pests don't have four legs, and they don't have six legs. Some of us got some two-legged pests, uh-huh, with pins. And God says, you worried about your boss, and you worried about this and that, and you worried about people. I got that under control. I need you to put your trust in me. And I need you to do as I'm instructing you to do. He said, and I can take care of that over there. The stuff that was coming to devour you, God said, I can put that on. I got that under control. Don't you worry about that. That's why I love Malachi 3 and Joel 2, because there are some things that would seek to destroy me if it had its way. But I don't put my eye on those things because I'll never be able to fight all that stuff back. I will only be able to keep on prospering in the Lord. But when I get to heaven, when God shows me the stuff that was trying to destroy me, I do believe it's going to be a lot of us that's going to say, Lord, I really thank you. Because I never knew that stuff was on my trail trying to get to me the way it was. It was trying to eat up my peace. It was trying to eat up my sanity. It was trying to devour me. It was trying to destroy me. But you protected me. I never got a picture of how the Lord protects us at night. I heard it said many times, while I slept, angels kept watch over me. It was not until we got a ring doorbell that we woke up one morning and saw somebody walking out of our yard after they had tried to check our property. Here we are living in what we think is a good neighborhood. But guess what? They didn't come nowhere near us. They did not harm anything. They did not take anything. Why? Because there's a shield all around us. It was because the Lord had blessed us. Man, we wake up the next day and we didn't know what had happened. And if we had not looked at the replay, wouldn't have ever known it. Do you know it's some stuff that the Lord holds back? I will prevent the pests from devouring your crops and the vines in your field and will not drop their fruit. Your vines in your field will not drop their fruit before it is ripe, says the Lord. Fruit that drops before it's supposed to is ruined. People who get in some positions in life before they're supposed to don't perform well and don't end up well. 
In football, they call it peaking too soon. Some teams peak too soon. But some teams peak at just the right time. Tennessee Titans didn't look good coming out the box. They didn't look that good coming midseason. But man, when it got toward the end, when it really counted, they started winning. Defense got, and they didn't start scoring a whole lot of offense. They defense just stopped keeping offensive teams from scoring. Two-fold blessing right there. God does not always bless you in the way that he blesses other folk. Tennessee may not score 50 points, but they'll stop a 50-point team from scoring 50 points. When you hold the Baltimore Ravens down from the way they have been running up the score on folk, that was a blessing right there. Can nobody but Tennessee folk that got God know they peaked at the right time. The Lord will let you. Some of us ah, are frustrated because we wanted something way before it's time. But the Lord said, just trust me. Keep on being faithful in what you're supposed to do. And when the time is right, I will release your fruit. You will be where I want you to be, in the right place. And then I will have kept you from losing your mind. You will have the resources you need. But you got to trust God and wait on God. Some of, you know, I, look, I, man, I'm, I, I tell folk I'm thankful for this. I'm thankful for this. My own maturity. I'm so glad God did not, you know, a lot of folks say, well, I've been pastor since I was 17. I'm so glad, get, glad God didn't let me pastor this church now 17. I was the biggest fool at 17. I was the craziest person in the world at 25. Oh, Lord. Some of y'all got it early and ain't got it now. Come on, tell the truth. Well, you, come on. You got it early, but you can't find it right now, can you? I went through this much money. Lord, if I had that back. You know what to do with it. The blessing is that I can hold back and I can rightly release you in just the right time. But here's what I need you to do. I need you to be faithful in the process. I need you not to get ahead of me. I need you to let me keep you in this season. And then... Verse 12, I'm gone. Then all the nations will call you blessed. For yours will be a delightful land, says the Lord Almighty. What is happening here? What did God do? He blessed the place, the land. He blessed what grew? Pests didn't devour the crops. The vines of the field didn't drop their fruit. He blessed the land, right? Wait a minute. I thought he blessed the people. He blessed the land. He blessed the place. But if the place is blessed, the people in the place are blessed. You can't have a blessed household and the residents of that household not feel the residue of living in a blessed household. Come on in here, somebody. See, wherever the blessing of the Lord is, I don't care. You can be the worst some in the world, but if the place is blessed and you're in a blessed place, some of it's got to run by you. Amen. All these blessings up around here, some of them going to hit you just because you're there. Stay close. He blessed the land. And then he sent out a memo to all the surrounding nations. Look at what he says. All the nations will call you what? Blessed. 
they saw your destruction, but they also going to see your deliverance. See, God says, if you put your trust in me, put your trust in me. It's, it's, y'all, it's not about this tithe amount. It's the priority of God. It's about trusting the Lord. He said, and I can take care of that other stuff. See, if you're trying to figure out how to tithe and then how to hold back the, the, the bills and then how to make something produce, you're stressing yourself out. You're doing God's part. My job is to commit my way unto him, trust in him with all my heart, lean not to my own understanding, delight myself in his word, and rest in him. Right? Amen? Come on, let's give the word a hand on this one. I won't get us out of here on time. Questions? Yes, sir. Thank you for this teaching that you're doing. And I was talking to a church member on yesterday. Sir. I was, I was talking to a church member on yesterday and uh, asked her would she come to Sunday school. And she replied, oh, we got six weeks of that. And I responded to her, but if you have cancer and they give you six weeks of chemo, wouldn't you want to go do six weeks of chemo so you can heal your body? That's part of the healing process. And what God has re revealed to me since last week is that uh, sometimes tithing can be difficult, uh, being partially tithing and stuff. But if I loose from those things which I want to do and those things that I shouldn't do and elevate my mind and prioritize my mind to tithe first, then it won't be a problem. That's just like uh, my pay will fall before my rent is due. I don't wait and pay my rent. I'll go ahead and pay my rent so I won't dibble and dabble in the money because I would rather know that I would have a place to stay than not doing it. But I think it's a mindset process when we decide if this is what we want to do, then it won't be so hard if we do it the right way God's way. Amen, amen, I bless you. And you, you tell them it's not six weeks anymore, it's only three weeks, we cut it down, all right? I'm gonna tell y'all what mine was, and I, I, saw, I saw the Lord bless me in mine, and I'm gonna tell you what mine was. Mine was travel, I love to travel, I like to go. You know, a little bit here, a little bit there. Anybody here like travel? I like travel, right? So traveling for me, and then when I travel, I like to enjoy my travel, right? I, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm bougie. All right, let me go and confess it, right? I like staying in nice places, right? I like them beds with the Western where they had them, them comfort mattresses and stuff. You turn your head this way, the bed turn that way. Lord help. I like it. I like nice dinners. Right? Can I say I like premium cocktails? All right. I know some of y'all went, Pastor. Yeah, you do too. Quit drinking well brands and you'll enjoy it a little better. Don't give you a hangover either. Uh, so, I used to save a little bit for my travel, right? Like your travel? And the Lord said, just trust me, Key. All right, Lord, I'm do it. Guess what? Now people pay for my travel. I go places. I was, I was with one of my friends, Pastor Givens, on yesterday, and I got to go down and do some work, you know, at a beachfront property. They, they pay for my opinion. They called me and asked me to come to them. And they said, we'll book the ticket, and we're going to put you up in the 
and then they give me some money when I leave. I said, this thing that God is doing is blowing my mind. Because here's what, he said, and then he gives you, I'm going to read, I'm going to show you to you in scripture today. I'm going to give you favor with God and with man. He said, when I give you favor with man, they will open the doors for you to live the life that you've been trying to create out of your wealth. Watch me give it to you out of mine. God is a good God, amen? Man, my travel used to be on my dime. But now, man, I've gone, when they, they called me and told me, come to the West Africa Theological Seminary and teach. Yeah, we'll pay for you to come and we'll put you up in the president's house. Oh, well, I'm on the way. Amen. <laughs> Who does that? God does, right? And he said, look, you just trust me and let, let me take care of that. He knows the desires of your heart, right? He know you like uh, red bottoms. He know you like Gucci and Louis Vuitton, right? He know you like getting your nails done and your hair done and all that kind of stuff, right? He don't want you looking ragged and representing him either, amen. So he doesn't mind you having all of that stuff, but he does not want you to make that stuff a priority over him. So make me the priority and all these things. I have made the things the priority. God said, make me the priority. And let me give you the things. End of, end of subject. One more question. Yes, ma'am. The fifth part. Go ahead. Did you just say the fifth part? Uh-huh. Can you hear me? Okay. I'm asking for a friend. Most of us are. Okay. <laughs> for real. Um, she says that a pastor said he went out of town and forgot to pay his tithes before leaving town. The pastor was told by his associate minister that he had to add 20% of fifth of his tithe that month. Is that an accurate application of the verses referenced above? Now, we didn't talk about Leviticus, but she's referring to Leviticus 27, 31, all right, give me one good uh, First Baptist Church Bible study morning student to answer that question for us. I, well. It's, it's the fifth part. It's not 20%, right? Right. The fifth part of 10% is 2%. So mm -hmm. if it was $10 he was supposed to pay, he should now pay $12. But the point is not about the amount. It's about God understanding our need to redeem part of the tithe for a reason. God understands the economy of humanity. He understands how we manage wealth. He is not so concerned about us and all of this monetary guide that we place the emphasis on. But what he's saying to us is the fifth part should be added if you find the need to redeem it. If your hot water tank busts and you got $100 to pay your tithes, right? And you say, well, I can't fix this hot water tank for two more weeks because I don't get any more money until two more weeks. God does not want you to sit there with a busted hot water tank for two weeks and water all over the floor. He doesn't want his humanity, his people, his What father would want his child living like that? If, 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 you know, he just wouldn't want that. So he'll say, no, 
go ahead and get your hot water tank fixed, right? right. So, but when the resources come around, right? right? But here's what we don't understand. Watch this point, and I got to get out of here. If God adds the, the fifth part and said you should pay the, the, the $2 on to the 12, guess what he's also doing? Making a way for you to have it. He's providing for you all, everything that we have, he provides for. So he's saying, okay, if you're willing to do what I'm telling you to do, I've already taken care of the fifth part. You can't go out and get it without him giving it to you. So that's what he says. And so rather than for us making all of that huge and, and so forth, uh, that's what God would have us to do. Amen? All right, y'all get to church.